0: Your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.
1: See, the fact is, you don't belong anywhere near that WWE title match at Fastlane. But Shane's Vendetta against me worked in your favor. See, because Shane McMahon has had it out for me since the moment I destroyed his father with a headbutt heard around the world. Dude, you look great. You look great. Did you get that lanced
0: on your back? That, that boil lanced off your back? You look great, man. What? Oh, uh, the, the boil. You know him as Sami Zayn. Off your back? Lance. No? As if they don't have too much on their plate. Kings of Combat Sports podcast, John and Way. They talk about the things they did that day. They'll analyze the work of Vince and Triple
1: H. We want a Smackdown. 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 We We want a Smackdown. We Hello, everybody, and welcome to Rewind a Smackdown. John Pollock and Way Ting with you here on this beautiful Tuesday night, Wednesday morning. Way? Welcome to the show. Thanks. Is it beautiful? Uh no, it's not. It rained all day. Yeah. It it's warm. Really gross out. It's, it's warm though. I've got a not that I'm one that uh frequently drives on late at night, but on Mondays when I go to your place, I've got to say <laughs> the worst weather of the week seems reserved for Monday nights. It's just always a chaotic nature. It's like I'm I'm going into Uh, Like a war zone when I'm leaving my place to get to yours, whether it be snow, power outages, heavy rainfall, and then last night coming home at 3 in the morning in the middle of fog. It was just crazy. Wow. You're experiencing all the seasons. Yeah, I can't wait till the spring this year. It's going to be a a much-anticipated time of the year. Yeah, especially in our city,
0: where uh, in the winter you can't really go out to do much. Um the that's why i think like torontonian's really appreciate patio weather because
1: we only get a few months of it every year we earn it we earn it every year we go through hell for 3 3 months mm-hmm. so by the time we get to april or may it's it's wonderful i would say even like today it got up to 12 it's mm-hmm. crazy like just yeah. these weird fluctuations i find that after we had those couple of days last month where it went to minus 20 Just these ridiculous temperatures Mm -hmm. that when it goes up to one, might as well be 25. Like, it feels so warm. Like, you feel like you've you've frozen to death. And one, it's like, I could wear shorts in this weather. I honestly could. Feels like we're in Hawaii at at one degree. Yeah. So it's cold in Canada to all of our listeners out there that are not up to date on their stereotypes. (laughs)
0: Americans don't even know what one degree means.
1: No, no. It's Celsius or go fuck yourself on this show. Mm Mm-hmm. Did you get up to anything amusing on Tuesday? No. What's your Tuesday like? What time do you wake up on a Tuesday? Because uh, to take everyone behind the scenes, Way is the one that is uh, tasked with editing and then posting the show up. I, I don't know what time you get to show up sometimes. It's a great relief, actually, that you take off of me, but I feel for you. What? You, how, how does this affect your Tuesday morning? Do you get to like sleep at least? Yeah. For a good amount of time? Yeah, I mean... Um...
0: Last night took a bit longer than usual, just cause um, there's actually quite a bit of like processing. I do a lot of kind of like noise cleaning up, uh, with, with the show. Um, anyway, um, but it's fine. Like I don't mind it. I like working late. Uh, I think I ended up sleeping, maybe like seven, seven a.m. I just, seven a.m.
1: is when you went to sleep.
0: Yeah, I'm not somebody oh who God. I'm not somebody who can like do work and then go right go right to sleep. Like I, I understand that. Yeah, like I just kind of get wired, and like I just I don't really I have to kind of like come down a bit, and then um, eventually I just yeah I went to sleep. It, but that's that's what happens now, you know. Like my my schedule is just completely thrown off. So even if I try to make an effort to like have a regular schedule, Mondays and Tuesdays will come around, and my you know everything's just completely thrown off. But that's fine. I, I, I'm I'm fine fine find it this way. Uh, and then I end up getting up probably at like I don't know noon one, so. Um, yeah, my day, I guess today just kind of consisted of, uh, um, you know, going through some emails, doing some behind the scenes stuff. Um, and then, uh, my big event that I did today was that I went out to grab a coffee before SmackDown. Treated yourself. Yeah. Treated myself. Yes. I had a
1: day. Oh, I woke up. Tell me about it. I woke up and instantly. My head was just throbbing. You know that feeling when you wake up and it's just like, fuck, I've got a headache. It's just the worst start to a day. Mm -hmm. And it's just pounding. And I don't know what has caused this. I don't know if it's some kind of a... I don't know how much I subscribe to this whole air pressure thing when it rains out. But anyway, I had this awful headache. And I just had to get up and I get going. I'm like, this thing's got to go away at some point. And then I went to work at the library today. And I'm working there, my head's just killing me. And then I hear it had to have been like a zoo had unleashed all of the all of the, the animals. Uh but it wasn't a zoo that had been uh emptied. There was a class trip at this library, and it sounded like a stampede of just children into so the, loud. Yeah. Into the library. It was, it was so loud. Mm. One guy gets up, and he was just not happy. And he was he was acting out my internal feelings, but I just kept going. Anyway, my I, head is just... I figured you'd kept... be used to that by now. Oh, believe me. One day, I might sit down, and I, I should actually keep a journal of all the things that happen at the public library. Because it is unbelievable. Like, I, I feel as though now it's just... It's a game. It's what will happen today. Because, wait, if I could tell you some of the insanity that I have witnessed and had to deal with inside of a library, it's astounding. Uh, but anyway, uh, loud, loud class that came through. This was like on a scale of one to 10, this was like a three in terms of annoyance. My headache was like a 20. Anyway, so then I had a dentist appointment. I had to go in. It was not even a dentist appointment. I had to go. And this is this is really uh, wonderful information for those that just want to hear us talk about wrestling. I had to get a new mouth guard away and I had this thing fitted like two weeks ago. And then they had to come in and all they were going to do is make sure it fits. And then I, I go home with my mouth guard and they tried it on. It didn't fit. And the other dentist comes in and he informed me, oh, it broke in in transit so we're going to have to redo all of this again, and then you're going to have to come back and get it. It's like, how did this thing break? That seems like very difficult for this thing to, to break. Yeah, what, what is it made of? Plastic, I right? don't, Um. I don't know if it's exact plastic. I don't want to uh, guess okay. the exact... Anyway, it was like a portion of the tooth, they said, cracked on the... The mouth guard. Oh, the mold broke. The mold, not my my tooth. Uh, no, 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 not the mouth guard itself, but the mold, uh, the cast, the plaster broke. Well, it sounds like, no, it hardened, and then a piece broke off. Yeah. That's what I think occurred. Yes. Okay, anyway. So I had to redo the whole process, I had to put all that that gunk in your mouth, and then yank it out where you're worried they're going to pull all your teeth out with it. And my head is still just killing me. And then I finally got home. And I took an aspirin and slept for 20 minutes. And my headache was gone within an hour. And then I had a second life by 7 p.m. And was ready to watch hours of WWE wrestling. And then chat with you, Wei. Mm-hmm. Wow. That was my day. Well, my headache um these come- These are the exciting lives, folks, of John Pollock and Wei Ting. Yeah. Editing and going for coffee. Broken mouth guards and... Working in libraries. This is this is the glamorous life of post wrestling of two thirty three year old men. Thirty-three,
0: yeah. At least for one more month. Um well my headache didn't arrive until about maybe nine forty today. <laughs> was that when the new day did their entrance with their new graphics? I think it was some either between that or maybe um my multiple um Appearances of watching Baron Corbin on my TV screen. Oh, boy. Um, it was a bit trying today, this uh, edition of SmackDown.
1: Oh, dude, this SmackDown sucked. Yeah. Um, I, Smackdown, I, SmackDown has been, yeah. like, what a, what a holding pattern this show is in. And I'm, I'm only saying holding pattern because I'm really hoping this thing kicks off after Fastlane when they have their Mania programs in place yeah. because this show does zero for me. Zero. Yeah. My show of the year for 2016 has just fallen. This is, I think, my least interesting WWE show that I watch because I don't... Mixed Match Challenge is kind of low, but it's I get some enjoyment out of that 20 minutes. But this show, two-hour show, my God. Yeah, I thought SmackDown was so bad today
0: that I proposed, John, that we start off a review... By reviewing the most important part of my Tuesdays now. And that's 205 Live.
1: I think we should do it. Let's do it. I think we should, wait for it, break the mold. What? The fuck? That was a wonderful play on words to my story at the dentist. Oh, yeah, nice, good Man. callback, nice. Man, my jokes only can land way if you are going to catch them. And really sell them. Yeah, I'm not a great catcher. I'll, I'm more that of a was p- one- more of a batter. <laughs> okay. Let's chat with about two oh five live. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I, I won't lie, I was I was looking more forward to this than I was uh SmackDown, certainly. Yeah. So the the show began with Aria Davari and Buddy Murphy, just like a quick recap of the tournament thus far. And Davari cut you know, the show's gone through many changes, but the the selfie promos, Hunter has not been able to curb these. These have navigated Mm -hmm. their way onto 205 Live, and I can't say they're really adding much.
0: No, a lot of these promos just... I mean, they're clearly given maybe a short amount of time in order to talk, and um, they all look like shit. Um, The promos themselves aren't all that interesting. I I only have to imagine that this is, you know, uh, a cost-saving measure. 205 Live isn't exactly... uh, I suppose, high, very high on their priorities, and I imagine they have limited resources when it comes to video production on Tuesdays.
1: Co- company just made $32 million, and they're going to get an enormous savings on their corporate tax rate next year. So I, d- I don't know why we're, wow. we're having pity on them for the need to cut, c- cut costs to such a degree that yeah. you got to film your own promos. I'm going oh, I- to I- criticize the shit out of these. I think, I think the talent should be paid for their camera work they're doing they're I having
0: think, to do everything
1: i think the talent should be paid for quite a lot that is uh that that this company is making that is not exactly trickling down to the you artists know, parties of the
0: world do they get do you know if they get paid for like doing like table for 3 or ride along or anything like that
1: um i can't say definitively i mean the way yes they are a public company and we know what they spend on non wrestling programming which would include network costs you would assume and hope that some of those costs are for the talent that they are actually paying some of these people like when you bring in uh someone to sit down and do a dvd interview yeah there's at least uh you know you're gonna pay him something so i would assume for table for three that these people aren't just doing it out of the goodness of their own heart however you also hear about When guys are at TV and they would just bring guys in to sit down and be talking heads on DVDs, where maybe you'll get a royalty out of that back when DVDs were a significant revenue generator. But I don't know if they were getting paid every single time they sat down and Harvey Whippleman was doing on-camera. It was more you were paid on the back end of how well the DVD would do. If I had to guess, I would guess that... Current talent
0: who are invited to appear on a show like a table for three are likely being paid with a chicken dinner that they are forced to eat on camera as they talk and um, usually letting the food run cold as you exchange stories Um, and with ride along, I suppose they could be paid in gas and a free rental. Is my assumption. Um, Anyway. I I watched some of that too today. I watched uh, Finn Balor with the Hardys on table for three. It was a very nice conversation. Between uh, a man who grew up watching the Hardys. And uh, Matt and Mm -hmm. Jeff. um, You know the three of them talking about alter egos. Because uh, you know of course Jeff loves to paint his face. As does Finn. And Matt's got an alter ego as, uh, as well. It was a good conversation. Ride along uh this week. Sorry to detour from a Tool5
1: Live, but I mean whatever. Um Ride Along featured their alive sorry to interrupt. I I would have loved the discussion with the Hardys and Finn Balor talking about intellectual property and if Finn had a, a real close connection to the Prince Devitt character or anything like that. They could have talked about IP law and retaining your character's uh name name properties. Mm, yeah, I, I
0: wonder. I don't know. I don't know about that. I mean, you can't really trademark face pain, can you? In the no, WWE, I, mean, I suppose
1: you can. The, the Bullet Club. I mean, Finn Balor can't use the Bullet Club. No. That started the group. Right. right. And the Hardys, they could talk about their own uh, past
0: issues. Anyway, Ride Along featured uh, uh, the ep- an episode centered around Elias. And uh, he basically, uh, instead of a regular car, a uh, typical Ride Along, they rented like a stretch Escalade limo for him. For him to do uh, like a concert. Um, And he was in total character. It was like Elias pretending that he was like a big uh, star. And playing guitar. And um, it's you know. They they decided to like um, pair his ride along. Very much in character. With the Balor Club's ride along. So you had Finn, uh, Gallows and Anderson sitting. Talking, exchanging stories about. Uh, Tiger Hattori and New Japan. Meanwhile, like um you cut back and forth between that and Elias playing his songs. Uh the two <laughs> I think I think would have been fine alone. Paired together it was a very strange fit. And unfortunately, right along, they chop up their conversation so much that it it really takes away from, you know, I think somebody like a gallows and Anderson uh, who I think come across best when they're on like something like a podcast or maybe even a table for three, where where conversation conversations are allowed to uh, you know take place a bit more naturally. But um, anyway, that was sort of my a lot of Finn Balor on WWE programming.
1: Yeah, I I can't remember seeing like a promo for that table for three. Yeah, uh, I can't either. Actually, did it just premiere recently? Well, it was the latest one. The latest one. Mm-hmm. I don't even remember seeing a spot for that. I, I probably just missed it. But anyway, uh, that's our network uh, update. Have you watched any of those photo shoot shows? Any more of those? I haven't seen any of
0: the later ones, no. Um, I can't say that I'm, I'm that excited for them.
1: Oh, I haven't seen any of them, but I know you'd watch the first two. And yeah. they did one with Kurt Angle, I believe, on Monday.
0: I, I I'm actually a lot more interested in hearing conversations rather than just hearing
1: somebody, like, talk to a camera about, like, moment of his career. Um I'm a fan of a guy talking to a camera when his arm is not reached out holding it. Oh, uh, yes. Well. Yeah. I'm a fan of camera operators. Mhm. Well, you thanks. Should, you should be you should be offended by this cost-cutting measure way. They're trying to put you out of business. Um It's like the self-checkout lane at the grocery I store. I mean, I'm already kind of out of business. So
0: all those camera, make,
1: all those camera operators. Is the podcast world is waiting for you. Well, it's a it's a nice landing spot. Arya Davari, who I, I have to say has been one of the unfortunate members of the new 205 Live, where he has not gotten any makeover. He's the same character and almost feels like he's attached to a bygone era of this show. He feels like the old version. I completely of the show. I completely agree. Somebody like him,
0: were, uh, you know, he. He was somebody who I think on on the Cruiserweight Classic didn't really feel all that unique or special, yet on the initial version of the Sports Entertainment 205 Live, he actually felt like a standout because that was a version of 205 Live that kind of coveted characters. And he, he played a character. On this show, though, this new version of 205 Live, the guy just feels like an awfully generic foreign heel that
1: doesn't fit into like a modern sports like presentation and perhaps that is um if you are going to revamp this character it would make sense to do it after this tournament if the idea is you're pushing buddy murphy why have all of this momentum put into Arya Davari now as opposed to we'll have plans for him and those will come in the weeks later but he needs an update yeah. i would say mm-hmm Savari cuts a selfie promo, making fun of Buddy Murphy cutting weight. This isn't the biggest loser, which I think some people could categorize this roster of misfits as as of a few weeks ago. And he says that Murphy is not going to steal his WrestleMania moment of winning the Cruiserweight title. Buddy Murphy comes out reminding 2018 what dubstep sounds like. And Vic Joseph mentions that All the members of the division are weighed every Monday, and they show Murphy's last weigh-in. Coming in, he's actually lost weight. He's at 200.9 pounds, and then Nigel explains all the tricks of weight cutting and the water he's probably put on since and is so much larger now. That makes no sense. Why would... It's it's the whole hypocrisy of weight weight cutting and having weight classes to begin with. Well, no. I'm saying in this
0: case, it doesn't make sense. Because obviously, he wasn't consciously cutting if the guy weighed in well under the limit. The guy weighed in at 209 pounds, which I do believe to be a legit weight. But why would he bulk up after this? To bulk up after this suggests that he was cutting down to reach 209. But who would cut down to reach
1: 209? Well, he's new to weight cutting, and he doesn't have a... uh, uh, a nutritionist with him. He's not working with Mike Dolce here. He's just, you know, he's in five, the Wild West here. Dude, five, he, five
0: pounds is a lot of weight to just uh, unconsciously drop. Like, I'd be worried.
1: Maybe that's his gimmick. Maybe he's, he's sickly. He's going to be 190 next week, and he's just going to be the incredible <laughs> shrinking man. We keep losing weight. Well, I
0: will say, I think Murphy looks excellent trimmed. The guy looks so jacked. His size in this division definitely stands out amongst the crop and and this like right. and this weigh-in i love it i love i love like i would love to have the, these weigh-ins put out as a youtube special oh, every week live streamed in the area Hawaiiwanani can commentate
1: oh man here's t j p who's <laughs> just shrugging his shoulders as he stands onto the scale mm-hmm. uh, and he weighs two hundred four pounds I can't wait for you to recap his segment. Davari yanks Murphy by the hair into an inverted DDT on the edge of the apron, which was called by its more scientific identification by Nigel, the slop drop. Mm-hmm. And then there was a hip toss delivered to Murphy into the corner. Murphy fired up for his comeback. Davari rolls to the floor and Murphy executes a Topekan hero to the floor. And then there was a discus forearm that caught Murphy and Davari climbed to the top and hit the Persian lion splash from the top. Murphy ducks a hammerlock DDT, then he tries it again, hits Murphy, kicks it out, and there was this comical reaction by Davari to this near fall. Yeah. How did this man kick out? It was pretty goofy. It was a bit much, yes. Murphy came back with all these strikes, including a tribute to Marco Huas with a foot stomp, hit a high knee, and then this pump handle suplex for the win at 7 minutes 34 seconds as Vic Joseph said... You only get one chance to make a first impression, which will be the isolated soundbite. If two hundred five live was ever canceled, <laughs> yeah. and uh, what did you think of Buddy Murphy here, who was obviously the focus of the match, and Arya Davari was simply the uh, the tool to get him over? Well, I think I think Murphy looks great.
0: Um, his physique is impressive, uh, and I think his demeanor is good. He's playing kind of like a um, you know very serious. Uh, I'm here to like kill everybody. I don't give a shit about you, type of a uh, uh, you know character. Um, and I think he he did well here. He sold too much though. I thought. I think he should have come in here and just like been been look look. I I think he should have looked a lot more dominant considering his size. He should be a favorite in this tournament. Instead, the guy almost played an, an underdog for most of this match against who. Aria Davari, so I, I wouldn't have had him, um, you know, I know they need a, a long back and forth match, but I think for somebody like a Buddy Murphy in the opening round, the guy shouldn't have had this much trouble. I think his finish looks amazing. It It's really cool. It's this pump handle slam into like a swing DVD. Um, I would say that was probably the most, the biggest takeaway from this match. So, you know, this match wasn't all that impressive, I think it didn't even break the top half of the best matches thus far in this tournament. Um, finish looked good pants though.
1: What about these pants? What, what was this? this. He's got like, imagine if he were wearing these bad colored spandex and then he was attacked by a crocodile.
0: (laughs) Yes. Yes. They look like, um, pants (laughs) that were like, um, from goodwill cut up. Like into shorts, but like the person did like a really sloppy cutting job and he WH just, would just shake his head. He wouldn't even get through the match. Yeah, he would have shut this off. Perhaps um, this was Oh God, his pants way above Buddy Murphy's pants. That's for sure. But yeah, your thoughts on the match.
1: Uh, I like the the presentation of Buddy Murphy. I thought he looked good here. This was more of a showcase than one of the higher-end tournament matches that we've been privy to over the last few weeks. But I like Buddy Murphy's addition to the Cruiserweight division. I think he can be one of their... Like, they don't have a guy in the Cruiserweight division that's kind of your big, muscled-up dude that can be kind of the powerhouse of the division. Mm -hmm. That can be, you know, sort of like... kind of role as the the bigger giant of the cruiserweights and mm-hmm. buddy murphy can kind of play that role with your Kalisto's and some of the the smaller sized guys in the cruiserweight division so i think he's uh, fresh blood into the division and yeah i thought this was a good debut for him
0: yeah it was it was good i look forward to his second round match to really kind of see what he can do um this i would just say was
1: kind of more your typical standard wwe tv match Yes, and the big question is what Alexa is thinking about all this. Will they stay together, or will he be deported? <laughs> it sounds like an old 205 Live story. Yeah. Drake Maverick is backstage, and fortunately, this guy had to follow a teleprompter, and he seemed very—the um, timing was very off here. Like, you could see this guy, the— Because they had the match he just seemed like— a, Yes, they had to sync it with the graphics, and he was just deer in the headlights here in between. I don't think this was his fault. This was just kind of the the setup of this whole thing, and it was just, um, yeah, it was just a off segment, I thought. But nonetheless, it was just to announce the brackets of the remaining. Uh, tournament matches. So next week we'll get Cedric Alexander against TJP, Roderick Strong against Kalisto, and then in two weeks' time we'll have Buddy Murphy against the winner of Davari and Jack Gallagher, and Drew Gulak against Mark Andrews. Ali, Ali, and Jack Gallagher, which was Ali. Spoiler. Oh, sorry. Yes, I wrote Davari down here. Yeah. yeah, but Buddy Murphy will face Ali in two weeks. So looking at the brackets, my assumption is that we'll get
0: Cedric moving on, taking on. Uh... Roderick, so Cedric versus R- Roderick
1: is my uh, my my guess. That was my pick for the final. Guess yeah. I'm not going to be correct in that assessment. And, and then what would you say, Murphy and Gulak? Uh, or, I I mean, or, or it could be Ali and Gulak with um the whole the high flyer against the yeah uh, that one's a bit of a tosser. I mean, I feel like Ali. The sorry,
0: I feel like they're putting a lot behind Murphy, and to have him. I mean, they also put a lot behind Ali tonight too. So, but. My assumption is that because Buddy Murphy is a bit more fresh, they're gonna have Buddy Murphy go on. But the other other, other one I, I, is tougher to guess. You know, do you put uh, Mark Andrews uh, into that next um, bracket, or do you put Drew Gulak, who has been refreshed, but you know? And then in the end, what is your prediction for the finals?
1: Uh, with the updated brackets, I will say,
0: are we in agreement that Roderick Strong? makes it to the end?
1: I'm not 100% on that. Yeah. I could see Cedric being put into the final. Mm-hmm. Um uh I could see, What? I, I if I if I was looking here, my ideal scenario would probably be Roderick Strong. I th- I think the best match would be Roderick Strong and Mark Andrews in the finals. I think that would be the best match, but I don't think that would be the finals.
0: Yeah, looking at the brackets right now, my assumption would be Roderick versus Buddy Murphy, and I can't believe I'm even saying that for WrestleMania. I I would, I mean, watching tonight's match though, I mean, I think you could make a case certainly for somebody like Mustafa Ali. I I, I wonder how much of it is still kind of like up in the air for them to decide, you know, to see who actually gets the most fan reactions uh, in the, in the rest of this tournament.
1: I could see Ali and Cedric, the two best friends after they had that uh, by 205 Live standards, that big match two months ago. Yeah, yeah, Um, sure. I could see Cedric and Gulak. Although these feel kind of like that's a rehashed match that I feel I've seen a hundred times, but this is kind of a new presentation for Drew Gulak.
0: The concern is that you don't put a matchup out there that the crowd is just going to completely shit on, right?
1: Well, that's why I feel if they are in that opening slot at on the kickoff show I don't know how high your expectations can really be that it's going to be a match that people are going to be all that into anyway that early in the show if that, if that's at um, you know 530 in the afternoon and people are still just getting into the arena mm. I don't know I I can't see this being a match on the kickoff that it's going to be this. A, it could be a tremendous match but I think it's going to follow suit of 205 live of great matches in front of Uh, a dead or empty crowd. Yeah, we shall see. Anyway, there are a lot of different directions as you, you and I can Mm -hmm. outline here of where they can go with uh, the finals in the tournament. TJP and Cedric enter with uh, Drake Maverick and TJP says, this is the moment where Cedric falls short. And Alexander says his tricks won't work this time. And he's not going to hesitate to put TJP on a back brace. And TJP, showcasing full use of his shoulders, neck and spine, shrugs his shoulders and walks off. God, this guy: They've really toned down TJP, I've found.: I,
0: I, I blame you if, if I have to blame anybody. Oh, Well, maybe I'll be so stop so them. self-conscious now. I got to watch every sound I make out of my mouth, or else John Pollock will make fun
1: of me. Well, hey, I'm, I'm here for that reason. Uh, <laughs> and people do it to me all the time, so I feel it's only, it's just uh, oh, yeah. th- throwing back what I receive. We had a tag match in the middle of the tournament matches with Lince Dorado and Grand Metalique with Kalisto in their corner against Evan Daniels and Orzin Delgado, who is independent wrestler Gino Rivera, who I believe Nigel referred to uh, by his independent name during the match. God, I thought these
0: were the Bludgeon Brothers jobbers. I thought they just shared the same set of
1: jobbers on Raw and SmackDown. Or sorry, funny and 205. It is funny that on Raw and SmackDown, they will sometimes name the jobbers, but a lot of times, like tonight on SmackDown, they don't name them. They don't even name them. Whereas on NXT and 205 Live, they always, always name the guys. I find Mm. that's a little interesting. It's like, these guys are coming in I think the very least you could do
0: is—I don't know like, about that. If I was, I, eh, if I was a jobber, I don't know if I'd want to be named. So, look, don't. don't well, then, then you don't do the show. Eh, I mean, you yeah. want to get paid. You want to impress the people in the back. But do, haven't you heard, like, when when people would like wear masks, you know, if they were going to
1: job. I think I think James Ellsworth has proven that you want cool. to have as much attention as you can in these not, matches. Not if you, asp- you never know. Not if you have aspirations of actually you know, be, becoming a champion. Uh, I don't think this hurts any of these guys Like in terms of if they were to be... I don't think anyone would rem- remember
0: these the, guys. The difference, of, though, going back to like your comp- uh, comparison, I mean, obviously I think 205 and NXT are very much um, sport-like presentations. And in sports, you go by convention. And conventionally, you announce everybody's name. But... Um,
1: when you're looking you appeal to people that are taking notes here that want to be able to <laughs> identify them drives me nuts they should announce the time of the pinfall every single show that'd be wonderful yeah uh daniels starts mocking grand metalique by doing the lucha chant i don't know if he just thought that this is a universal mockery of all luchadors or if he really thought he was facing Callisto here instead of grand metalique who really does not do that chant ever they they all do it though now they've all adopted it. Well, I guess the lucha party, I guess that's their whole thing now. Uh, Vic Joseph describes Lince Dorado by stating he never met a risk he didn't want to take, which wow. I doubt is true. I'm sure there are risks not worth taking in his life. Um, such as like, um, drinking, hey man, drinking, hey it. man, I, I bet you can, uh, I bet you can jump the train tracks before the train comes and hits us. Well, I was thinking more like drinking expired milk. But uh, oh, I, who who would do that? Have you uh, ever have you ever gone to drink expired milk by mistake? Maybe not milk. It's, uh, oh, it's I, one I, of the most harrowing experiences I'm, one can go through. Ah, those dates are greatly exaggerated. Oh, you're crazy, dude! What you you have never met a risk that you wouldn't take? I'm a, quite the daredevil. Do you do you ignore expiration dates? Not always, but I
0: think depending on the item and depending on the length, if it's like a few days late, I don't think Milk,
1: if, if this were Family Feud and you were to list what are the expiration dates you would most honor, I think milk would be right near the top because well, that's just gross. My expi-
0: expiration date for milk is uh, the day...
1: any date is an expiration date for me because I'm lactose intolerant. Oh, well... There was a handspring into a double stunner by Dorado and then a double dive spot by Dorado and Metalik. Dorado went to the top, shooting star press, pinning Delgado at four minutes and three seconds. Man, I thought Dorado really shined
0: here. He is fantastic. In my opinion, way more impressive at this point than Grand Metalik has been thus far on in WWE programming. Uh, I really like putting the luchadors together. I think that was a good move. This crowd actually seemed to quite get into them. If they could find a better mouthpiece, I—I I mean, I think this could be an act good enough for the main roster. No, Kalisto's wonderful. Mm. Yeah, he's trying. He's your TJP. Well, I can't—I can't even try uh, an impression of him. I watch that. Good. I watch that promo again today. Just anytime, like I think of that. Wh- which it, promo? Lucha things. Oh, the the famous one. I just like anytime. I just I need to smile.
1: I will just. Bring that back up. Drew Gulak cut a promo. People say that he went too far last week. He said, Well, losers don't go very far. And that's a saying that losers have. Andrews is all style and panache, and his high flying won't help him when he's on the ground being submitted. And then we cut to Andrews, who's in a ring inside of what appeared to be a bingo hall. Mm -hmm. And he is psyched that he has moved on. And he says about the no fly zone. That he's not going to honor it, and then he did some. He did something on his cell phone that none of us could tell. He did a moon salt. Is that what he did? I'm pretty sure. I yeah. Fi- like I figured he did a flip. Yeah. But he- like this was just he did a
0: standing moon salt in selfie mode, which to my knowledge might be the first time in human history that
1: anybody has moon salted in selfie mode. Well, I couldn't tell. Like I, d- I don't think anyone could really get a sense of this. Or the visual of it. it was, I guess you can easily
0: fake that you're doing a moonsault. Like, if I just flip my phone backwards and forwards,
1: <laughs> you would have assumed that I probably did something crazy. That's what but Gulak... Gulak should have followed this thing. You want to see my moonsault? And he just, like, mechanically turns his phone around he and like says... just, like, flips his... Like, tosses his phone in the air and catches it. And then he could just have a dry delivery and look into the phone and say, This is awesome. <laughs> I give Andrews credit for being creative, okay, with the selfie promo. Um, and I wa- Why couldn't we just meet as bandmates and they could have performed here on his selfie promo? Oh. That would have been great. I want I to hear some Junior.
0: Yeah, okay. Maybe they, they could have done that. Like, if he cut a selfie promo on stage during a concert, that would be pretty cool. Wouldn't you think? No?
1: Okay. Probably not, but sure, I'd love to see it. <laughs> anyway. Main event, Jack Gallagher and Mustafa Ali. Gallagher came out in these green tights with high socks and boots. Yeah, I mean, um, I I hadn't seen much of
0: Jack Gallagher before he was in the WWE. Like, was he wearing something like this before? Like, was this like a callback to this, or was this a completely new look for him? Uh, I always re- recall him in trunks. Yeah, like the, the striped co- rainbow-colored trunks. Mm-hmm, yeah. Uh what do you think of the new look? Uh oh, I d I didn't think it looked very good, to be honest.
1: Well I'll tell you it was I the way better than Buddy Murphy's pants. Uh fair enough. Yeah. The these I don't know if 205 Live has a
0: um a stylist yet. Buddy Murphy was watching this match from the back, and maybe he, he's just judging the the pants. Could have been looking for fashion
1: tips. Gallagher is going after Ali's arm early on. Series of pin attempts, and Gallagher was surprised here that Ali was able to keep up with him in the technical department. Gallagher then caught him under the ring skirt, stomped away. Ali rolled into a face buster as he came back, and then went for, uh, he went onto the apron, and his arm got snapped on the top rope, and Gallagher goes back to attacking it. Gallagher then applies a Kimura. Ali leans on top of him for the pin attempt, which Nigel notes is the difference between MMA and sports entertainment. The pinning predicament, as Daniel Pewter Mm. learned all that uh, that time ago with Kurt Angle. Mm. Ali went for a flip over the top with, let me describe this. Gallagher is laid out on the floor. So Ali flips over the top rope and then was going to rotate in midair to land. And I guess he was too far to the left of Gallagher and then he spun, crashing down on the edge of the apron, and then just died on the floor, landing on Gallagher's leg. He was obviously frustrated here, hitting the mat, and this just looked brutal.
0: I wonder if this was a work. Because they were selling... He was selling the arm uh, the entire time, and then he went for the dive, and it's completely unlike Mustafa Ali to screw something like this up, and it didn't even look like... It was like it didn't even look like it was going for anything. You know, I know like um, the whole Sasha Banks thing happened and everybody was like debating whether or not that was real. But this, I feel, really could have been because it kind of played into the arm injury. It was maybe didn't completely relate to something that you would expect somebody to do with an arm. It was a little strange, but I thought it, again, played into the rest of the match.
1: I don't know. This looks so off to me. It just looked like... But if you're going to do a worse watch, of course it's going to look off. Well, he it looked like this really hurt as he fell down. So it's either a hell of a dedication to the craft or... I don't know. I, ju- I just think he messed this up. That's what it looked like to me. Ali did recover and got in at the count of nine and then got caught into a Fujiwara armbar and got the rope break and a dropkick then sends Ali as he's climbing the turnbuckle off the turnbuckle and he crashes into the barricade like he flew yeah like this was like he had been hit with a tornado yeah. and then got thrown into the barricade yeah. this was unbelievable so again
0: john like the 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 point of this story was jack Allaher is no, no longer you know joking kind of umbrella wielding man he is a beast. He is a beastie boy and he just he's a monster. And and Mustafa Ali here was getting the shit kicked out of him. Uh whether if it was by himself screwing up moves or if it was Jack Gallagher tossing him off of the uh corner into the into the, the the barricade. Uh at some point in this match Ali got busted uh his mouth started to bleed. It was just, like, this whole second half of this match was just Ali, like, getting the
1: shit beat out out of him by Jack Gallagher. Yeah, well, Ali flying. He went intergalactic off this turnbuckle into the uh, barricade. And then (laughs) Gallagher runs at him into the barricade. Ali is selling the arm big. Gallagher goes for a belly to back off the top, but Ali lands on his feet recovers with a tornado DDT and capitalizes with the inverted 450 and pins Gallagher at 17 minutes and 10 seconds to advance and he will take on Buddy Murphy. I thought this
0: match was great. I I thought uh this was up there with some of the best of this tournament. I think what amazed me the most was how they were able to take a character like a uh, Jack Gallagher and overnight like make him a serious um wrestler and this crowd got into this match they were really kind of like uh, you know flirting with it going too long Uh, again this late into the show wrestling for what like this felt like a 20 minute plus match Um, 17 like okay close to 20 like it felt like they were really kind of like asking a lot of the crowd but I mean you see like Ali like hurt himself that's why again I feel like that that botch could have been planned because it got this crowd into the match you know and then him um falling off into the barricade uh and gallagher turning up the aggression uh, to capitalize on all that really got this crowd into it so i thought just a great performance from both men and by far the the match of the night
1: i like the match a lot i i thought this was really strong especially with, with jack gallagher kind of having a renewed focus i think ali He's been one of the cruiserweights that I think has done well Mm -hmm. on 205 Live, and I think more could be done with him. Um, So yeah, uh, really good main event, again, on 205 Live. So now we will go into uh, the B show, SmackDown. This is, of course, as we mentioned. The kickoff. Yes, our two-hour kickoff show. Uh, This was the second straight night in the Talking Stick Resort Arena in Phoenix, Renee Young is in the ring at the start and welcomes out AJ Styles. And he comes out and Renee goes to ask her first question and this whole chant for AJ breaks out to the point that he's got to pause, play to the crowd, very over here in Phoenix. Renee asks if he still feels he's in control of his own destiny heading into WrestleMania. And he says, yeah. And then he outlines the problems of this fatal five-way match at Fastlane where he would love to put Owens through an announcer's table, but by doing so, he could leave Dolph Ziggler in the ring to pin Sami Zayn, and he'd lose his title. He mentions the steel steps that are tailor-made for that ginger-faced Sami Zayn, and he individually goes through all four of the opponents, but as he gets to Baron Corbin, Baron's music played. And out came Baron for the first of many times tonight. And he says the last time they fought... He beat Styles for the US title and then he beat him in the rematch. AJ is just an athlete and Baron is not an athlete. He's a fighter and says he may just pin someone else on Sunday at Fast Lane and then he'll be the new champion. The highlight of this, which I have posted folks on our Facebook group, the Post Wrestling group, is this man in the front row reacting to this Baron Corbin promo. As though he is being tortured. This guy in the front row was awesome. One of my highlights of SmackDown was this guy in the front row. He is just vehemently disgusted with this individual taking up time. This is the first thing on the show. And he's like just looking down. He's shaking his head. He Puts his hand on his head. He's just like, shut this guy up. It's the best. So watch the video. That's the best part of this Baron Corbin promo, was the reaction of this guy in the front row. Then Kevin Owens came out. He's sick of hearing from these two. He says he'll put AJ through a desk with the pop-up powerbomb, and Baron wasn't the lone wolf last week. He was the scared cub. And Baron was handed an opportunity by Shane McMahon. He doesn't belong anywhere near this match, and he's only in it because of Shane's vendetta against Owens ever since he attacked his father.
0: Yeah, but it, it, Owens bring, bringing up the uh, headbutt again in, in relation to Shane McMahon leads me to think that maybe that's the direction that they're going for Mania. Owens
1: against Zane? Zayn? Sorry, Owens against Vince? No, Shane. Oh, Shane. Some, yeah, com- I just some feel- combination. I think you have to have something new after you did the Hell in a Cell. I mean, obviously, mm. the... Um, it could be Shane and a partner against Owens and Zane. That would make the most sense. Maybe, I mean, if maybe Vince something could to do with
0: it, Vince so that Vince can get his uh revenge. Uh, but no, like uh, why would Vince want need to get revenge? It's, uh I I don't think he can get a match at Vince anyway. No, no, I not mean, a match, but but a spot at the end of of the match. Right. Um I'm not sure, but there's no there, there's no reason for Owens to bring this up though, other unless he had has something more to do with Shane.
1: AJ asks Owens, Hey, did you take care of that boil? Did you get that boil lanced off your back? It's all quiet. Nobody knew where this was going. Oh, God. Kevin Owens, speaking on behalf of every single viewer, said, What? You know the boil. Sami Zayn. Crickets, fucking crickets, by the comedian AJ Styles. That oh. Owens, <laughs> Owens, <just laughs> I think they ignored it and moved on. I feel Owens bit his tongue here because improv Kevin Owens would have annihilated this guy. Oh, this completely. was an awful, awful attempt at comedy. Terrible, terrible. Oh. Like who is writing for AJ Styles? Who came up Cammy, with all this? Cammy. Cammy is the whoever came up with Cammy is the guy writing this shit for him. Oh, holy shit.
0: This was like it makes your your world
1: champion who's supposed to
0: look like the coolest dude in the world. In ring he looks he looks he is the man. He everybody looks up to him. But when you script him to deliver dead jokes like this, it 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 it, it is
1: it's just la- um it's not laughable. It's the opposite, I guess. Yeah. Like, this promo felt like... Like, this whole segment felt it was laid out, and someone came up with this joke, and they just had to shoehorn it in here. Felt so out of place, too. Uh, anyway, Shane comes out. I was never so happy to see Shane. I, I because, have to wonder, like, what AJ himself thinks of these lines. This was... This was close to suffering succotash for me. Yeah. Like, some of these guys just have to be more... Uh, Suffering Succotash was at least, like, uh, delivered ironically. I don't think so. He did do the wink into the camera, but, I mean, still stupid. Um, Shane comes out. He says the crowd in Phoenix wants action and not talking, which is certainly the case on Monday, but not on this show. He makes AJ Styles versus Baron Corbin for later tonight. Thanks, Shane. And then up next, we're going to get Kevin Owens against Dolph Ziggler. And the way he set up Dolph Ziggler was... Kevin, you'll be taking on this man. And we got the painful record scratch as Ziggler came out and time stood still for this entrance to be complete. <sighs> what What
0: is going on with SmackDown? It's bad. It's really bad at this time. How do you have AJ Styles, Shinsuke Nakamura, Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, put Randy Orton there, Becky Lynch, Charlotte, The Usos, how do how do you have a roster this good, but come up with a show and a card this shitty? Baron Corbin versus AJ Styles and Dolph Ziggler versus Kevin Owens
1: is what I I had to look forward to at at eight oh five p.m. Yeah, I I know a lot of people enjoy Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, but I don't even feel you're getting the best out of Kevin Owens at the moment. Like I think that guy is I, I have the utmost appreciation for this guy's skill. And I don't feel like even he feels just like this guy that's just running in place. He's just in this role that is not and maybe he's got a big program for WrestleMania involving Shane and we just have to get through this pay per view for all these guys. But I mean I he he I I say I'd say he and Sammy
0: are, are are the best parts of this show that are that over these past several weeks. Um AJ is a great champion but he's certainly not doing it for me uh with any type of storyline that he's involved in right now. He's been treated like shit. Um this this uh Brian Shane thing is on again, off again and has kind of really lost momentum. I think the interaction between Zane and Owens is really one of the only bright spots,
1: but even that has limitations. Yeah, it's just a show that has really fallen significantly over the last six months yeah, and it just feels like it's at its lowest point in a long time. Like there was, I, I look at it now as like the talking smack era of SmackDown that I legitimately would, I look forward to SmackDown every week. It's like, here's an easy two hours to watch. Like it never dragged for me mm-hmm. and it's not the case at the moment. Now it's like, it's the
0: inverse of what it used to be like that with two live. I used to dread 205 Live. I would skip 205 Live, but now I look forward to to that and I dread SmackDown.
1: Kevin Owens and Dolph Ziggler had a match. Ziggler is sent to the side of the ring into it. Owens kicks him in the knee and then Ziggler dives into the corner, runs into the post, one of our many shoulders into the post on this particular night. Owens hit him with a cannonball, went through a commercial break. Ziggler hit a leaping DDT. Owens then caught him on a superkick attempt, hit a gut buster, and the elbow drop off the second turnbuckle. Ziggler then runs to the top for a face buster, but is blocked, and Owens goes for a swanton, landing on the knees. Ziggler's up, famouser for a near fall that the crowd reacted to. Pop-up powerbomb is blocked, and Ziggler hits the zigzag for another near fall, and then Ziggler is literally in the midst of running into the corner when Sami Zayn's music plays, and Ziggler... It was like uh, we were playing freeze because he just stopped in the middle of his tracks as he had to turn his body and address Sami Zayn walking out. And Owens kicked him in the back of the head and pinned him. This guy looked so stupid here. This was among the more sillier musical interferences leading to a finish, I can recall. He was literally running and stopped. Uh, you mean Zayn? I'm talking about Ziggler. Oh, he was he was ru- he yeah, was in yeah. the middle of running into Owens in the corner when this music started, and it's just it looked so ridiculous. And yeah, uh, can you imagine though, John doing something really important
0: and then hearing ska blasted over speakers? Ska is enough to put anybody uh, into to paralyze anyone.
1: I don't know. Some of these guys, they, they've gotta do some jujitsu where they've always got music playing and they've gotta be ready for all of these these musical interludes. Uh, right. They gotta be ready for this stuff. Sorry, did you finish the match? Oh, I finished I'm finished this entire show.
0: <laughs> so it looks like uh, Owens and Zayn, I mean they're teasing this on again, off again thing. I I am completely uh uninvested in it. It's it's you it is just you can only play me so much. This is hardly Jericho and and Kevin Owens, you know what I mean? And uh I I think the tease is just not that interesting. It's about as interesting of a of a tease of are they friends as this Alexa Mickey James thing. And I think they both suck. So, um that's the main story coming out of this Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn are friends
1: um Dolph Ziggler and, and Ziggler loses like the guy like you're putting him in this main event this guy needs all the help in the world he can get uh, both of the guys that I think need all the help they can get and they beat them basically clean on both well, well I can't say this was a completely clean finish but the Baron
0: one was it was not clean but he did lose and this was this comes after Kevin Owens
1: uh losing last week didn't he lose to Ziggler last week? or Zayn Zane, Zane and Owens lost last week, so Ziggler and Corbin could get in. So this week, Ziggler and Corbin lose, yeah. so we have all these losers that are challenging AJ for the title. They are all losers, completely. This uh, show is the biggest loser.
0: <laughs> I just think the whole mix of talent on, on, on the main mix of SmackDown is dull. I, I'm i almost feeling like the gender days were more interesting than this. I'll say at least then you had a great, like, pretty decent mid card um and at least like main event matches kind of felt like main event matches with a guy who um they were focused storylines and now it just feels like you're you're just throwing everybody into the mix by throwing ziggler and and baron in there you're really just watering down your main event scene um ziggler that said you know the match was fine it was good it was good even um but i'm i'm really disappointed in like the the confusing sloppy Dolph Ziggler uh, uh, character where we're just supposed to accept him as a baby face now. And yes, the guy's a great, very good performer. He has great matches and I think that's enough to get the crowd on his side. But no follow-up, no resolution to this mess of a storyline of him leaving and then giving up the belt and then suddenly coming back. All of a sudden, he just wants to main event WrestleMania. That's his goal. And no explanation about why... He gave up the U.S. title. I guess that's it. He doesn't care about the U.S. belt because he, his only goal is to main event WrestleMania. Acceptable? No, it's not acceptable. Anyway, he's a babyface now. He's the only other one in the match besides AJ. And uh, there you go. That's that's why we need uh,
1: Dolph Ziggler as a babyface. We still have two more episodes before Fastlane. It's a long way. Jinder Mahal and Sunil Singh came out. And he has made a discovery that has shaken him to his core. He has uncovered a secret involving Bobby Roode. I thought this was going to be so funny and hilarious that gender, gender Mahal of all people, was going to reveal that the United States champion is Canadian. But that was not the secret. Instead, he told everyone that you are in for a rude awakening. He has uncovered. Bobby Roode's top 10 list. And what a top 10 this was, Way. I'd be embarrassed. I, I, I wasn't completely sure what he meant. Like, it did. Like, they all I, have I, to
0: vote. Yeah, it took me a while to, for, for me to realize, oh, this is Bobby Roode's top 10 ballot. Like, yes. This
1: was Rude's, how Roode voted. Yeah. So Bobby Roode has ranked himself number one, Charlotte second, AJ Styles, Nakamura, The New Day. Becky Lynch, Naomi, the Usos, Ty Dillinger, and Zack Ryder, 10th. So Jinder brings up the fact he voted himself number one, which is against the rules, which to me, way would that not disqualify his ballot? Why would they count this? You're allowed. You're allowed to vote for yourself in the SmackDown top 10. I thought Brian explained you can't vote for yourself. Did he? when he first outlined the top ten, he said, "You can't vote for yourself." Oh, because because everyone would just vote for themselves, obviously. Well, then that would disqualify him.
0: Yeah, I th- I think so. so. Dude, they don't even realize that. I guarantee you.
1: Well, they said they literally scripted that line. He voted himself number one. He also never ranked Randy Orton, so he's a hypocrite for saying he respects Randy. He's an egomaniac and a liar. This prompts Bobby Roode to come out and defend his good name. He says. The secret that Jinder has is he can't even make a top 10 list. And I didn't know if this was a dual meaning that he can't even make it onto the top 10 list or if he physically can't sit down and write out 10 names in succession. He says that in a fair fight, he knows he can't beat Rude. And Mahal keeps bringing up Randy. Bobby says that the top 10 list isn't even his. He denies that he made this list and then gets mad saying... Stop bringing up Randy Orton. This is about you and me. And it leads to Randy coming out, Rude and Orton take out Jinder, and then Randy goes for the RKO, but this time Rude blocks it and hits the glorious DDT, yells at Orton that he won't fool him twice, and this allows Jinder to return, laying out Rude with the Colossus. Yeah, so I mean,
0: I think this mid-card lame is or sorry, mid-card feud is really lame too. Like you have grown men playing he said, she said, uh, fighting over this top ten. And and if feuds like this are the reason for this top ten list, I mean, I would I would say that it's been
1: uh, relatively uh, unsuccessful of an experiment thus far. This is the only story we have connected to this top ten thing. This is the only thing. Yeah. That no one else on the show cares. Nobody else cares about this top ten list. And it's not provided any other opportunities of, of the guys that are challenging for the WWE title. Baron Corbin is not on the list. Dolph Ziggler is not on the list. Kevin Owens is not on the list. And Sami Zayn is not on the list. Your four title contenders are not on this top ten list. Well, this is the stupidest thing. Well, again, yeah, they're all heels. I mean, I... I Dolph, Dolph isn't a heel.
0: He was before this week. Okay. Anyway, that that's another kind of stupid thing too. Is like <laughs> I understand you have to like script what babyfaces would
1: vote, but like, wouldn't heels vote for other heels? And if <laughs> it wouldn't ba- wouldn't babyfaces be unbiased? Yeah, exactly. Like, shouldn't they be voting for heels, or are they just as narrow minded as the heels are? I mean, this is just stupid. It I, is I really. Hate, it I is, hate
0: this top ten. It, thing. it is really dumb, and and it's like. I feel like it was a really poorly thought out idea. Um, The the, the feud that has resulted from this thing thus far, it has been,
1: (laughs) this has sucked. Um, Yeah. I can't remember a time where I was so positive on one WWE show and so negative on the other. It's like, it's too completely, we got our brand split. The brand split is good and bad at the moment. That's the difference between the two shows. Raw, I mean Raw's okay. Like now, this
0: week it was way more this, than okay. This week it was excellent, but most weeks we had plenty to complain about on that show too. It, it
1: it's not it's not like mind-numbingly stupid though. That's what SmackDown feels to me at this moment. It's it's bad creative, and as again, of the names you have listed. It's not the talent on this show that is the issue. It is the misuse of all the talent on this show that is so frustrating. Yeah. Daniel Bryan's in his office and he's talking to Shane McMahon. Never thought this top 10 list would cause so much controversy. Bryan suggests that Bobby Roode and Jinder Mahal face off at Fastlane. Shane suggests Roode face Orton. And I think everyone thought they knew where this was going and no one was excited about it. And they state that, you know, we're really not on the same page for this or for the WWE title match. And Shane explains the rationale of why he added Corbin and Ziggler to the main event. And Brian says, I was hired to run this show, and all my decisions are met with resistance. And Shane says, that's because your decisions are based on emotion. And he says, I'm just going to make it official. It's Bobby Roode and Randy Orton at Fastlane. And Brian walks off saying, whatever you want, boss. In his TJP impression. And I really hope this doesn't become a three way because I would much rather see Bobby Roode and Randy Orton have a singles match at the pay per view than incorporate gender into this. But I feel it will eventually add, add gender. Thing is, though, like, I haven't really been impressed by Bobby Roode
0: thus far on SmackDown. And Randy Orton has been known to deliver some really shitty performances if he's not in there with somebody who I think can uh, bring him to uh, that higher level. I'm not really looking for, forward to that match. Like, Rude versus Orton doesn't really inspire me. Um, will gender being in there make that big of a difference? I don't know. Now more than ever, I wish, like, Talking Smack was around. Because I just, I would love for Daniel Bryan's assessments of, of this version of SmackDown. I would love to hear what he has to say, like, unscripted, in character, about about this top ten about these multi-man matches about Dolph Ziggler.
1: Yeah, he he seems like he's not even into his own show anymore. Yeah. I I wouldn't blame him. Charlotte, Becky Lynch and Naomi took on the Riot Squad. Uh we went to a commercial early where we got to see the mixed match challenge promos. I don't mean to pile on, but these were not good either. These were
0: awful, man. Like we'll we'll get to this. Uh anyway. Okay. Uh, we really kind of, it's all downhill from 205 Live. <laughs>
1: there was a chant for Becky. Graves then segued into a big plug for Elimination Chamber on Sunday. Graves mentions, Ru- Graves mentions the fact that Ruby Riot came from a broken home and had to scrape and claw, which maybe you were aware of from some of the video packages that aired during her time in NXT. Uh, this has never, never been broached on SmackDown. This woman's I, background. I didn't even know that. Naomi hit a Pascato to Sarah Logan and Ruby Riot on the floor, but then was thrown into the steps by Liv Morgan, who Corey said is turning this into Smackdown, SmackDown Lives. They got the heat on Naomi for the longest time. Charlotte was tagged in, went for the figure eight, but then Liv got onto the apron, took a big boot, Sarah clipped her in the knee. Becky's in. Exploders all around. Then all six are brawling. It ends with Ruby hitting the riot kick on Becky. Pins her. And then points at Charlotte with the number one. As in one down. As we are going to get the inevitable showdown with Charlotte and Ruby riotata. Yeah, so the idea now is that Ruby is kind of on
0: her own quest to eliminate Charlotte's gang. And starting off here with a pin over Becky Lynch which isn't really the same as being beating somebody in a singles match but whatever I'll give it to her I I think it's it, it it's a nice step in in trying to make um riot a bit uh tougher because right now I think she really needs it that whole group needs wins and strong wins um and ultimately you know it's all done to put uh more momentum behind Charlotte heading into WrestleMania
1: uh so. uh uh, uh, uh. The Big Mo, <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes, the Big Mo, uh, and I'm really unsure what what Mania is going to hold for the rest of this SmackDown women's roster.
1: Oh, I think you're going to have. I the more I think about it, the more I feel we're going to get like a a big battle royal with the women, and that's going to be Raw SmackDown women throwing on another one we, after you just did the Rumble. Uh, yeah, I I could see two on this mm. show. The Andre the The female equivalent of the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. Kevin Owens is in the locker room. Sammy walks in and wants to thank him. Sammy admits things have been rocky, but he owes Kevin because he was going nowhere until he joined Owens and he's going to be his guardian angel and have his back. They need to take Shane's plan to divide them and turn it around on him. And he says that we're going to take out each guy one by one in the five way and then I'll do the right thing. I'm going to lay down for you. And you can go become champion in headline WrestleMania. And Owens is totally dumbfounded by this revelation. And Zayn hugs him, and Owens is completely confused. To me, this is the only interesting wrinkle in this
0: otherwise very bland multi main matchup is it's Sammy Zayn's promise that he will lay down for Kevin Owens. Um I I mean, AJ's gonna win, so we won't get to this point. But um
1: if I didn't know any better, it would be Sami Zayn would turn on Owens and win the title.
0: Yeah. Yeah, right. Uh, if you didn't... What do you mean? Like, if you didn't know that AJ would be going... Well, to I
1: mean, name? if they weren't so... I mean, this this was the big tease that I think ultimately you're going to... Ha- like, do we know this fatal five-way, it's, it's elimination, right? I'm not sure. I don't well, know. Well, anyway, if anything... This is kind of teasing like Owens and Zayn leading to WrestleMania.
0: Yeah, sure. I could see that.
1: The Maybe New Day or three-way. Uh, three-way with who? With Shane? Shane McMahon. Oh god. Uh and Brian's the ref? I guess perhaps. Yeah, sure. The New Days entrance now features words on the screen with emojis. I think it works for them,
0: okay? Of all the people, like, they do the
1: goofy, kind of loud colors anyway? No? Not a fan? Oh, I didn't have um, a strong feeling one way or the other about this entrance. For their, for their thing, it works. It, it's just like everything. It's, they've They've done these damn words on the screen for so many. It adds uh, nothing, though. Like, there's no need for this at all. Do you think there's any kids now that can yell the entrance at home now? When they see this? You know what's fucked up? <laughs> they are so willing to
0: put shit on their screen, put words on their screen, yet they are <laughs> they so subtitle. hesitant to subtitle people who don't speak English as a native language. You clearly have the technology. You clearly are very uh, keyboard-happy to write words and display them on screen. Give me subtitles. What's the holdup? What's the... Hold up? What's the Give me subtitles in loud, um, big orange font, okay, with the thick white stroke. Have them tra- wipe on screen every time Shinsuke Nakamura talks. Whatever, but clearly they're they're not against words appearing on screen.
1: Biggie and Xavier Woods took on Shelton Benjamin and Chad Gable. The winning team would face the Usos at Fastlane. They had the advantage on Woods. Benjamin landed a flying knee. They went through the break. Uh, Gable comes in. He's able to stop Big E from hitting his suplexes and hit a belly to belly of his own and then landed on his feet, going to execute a top rope moonsault and Big E hit the urinagi out of the corner. Big E then gets stopped on top. Benjamin and Gable hit their finish, but Covey distracts the referee. This allows Woods to break up the cover and then Woods sends Gable to the floor. Benjamin turns into a Woods forearm and the shining wizard and Woods pins Benjamin and Graves is outraged at the officiating, and the new, ge- the new Day is celebrating with their pancakes. And the story here is, once again, Gable and Benjamin have gotten screwed by the referee. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Justifiably upset.
0: Yes, yes, yes. Uh, but this sets up the New Day versus the Usos again. At Fastlane? Yes, which should be the main event of Fastlane. Fastlane. Uh Yeah, judging by quality, I mean, I, I think the 5A will be a good match, too. They'll probably put a lot of uh, effort in, into booking it. Uh, But I can't say as good as a combination as the New Day versus the Usos is, I think that feud's done. And I'm, I'm over that combination right now. So, you know, give it to me on a TV show, that's fine. But for a pay-per-view, I don't really... Think it's much of a draw i hate to sound so negative but really there is very little for me to get excited about on this what feels like a, a real filler pay-per-view before wrestlemania
1: charlotte had a selfie promo she always gets what she wants and doesn't back down from a fight she'll even put her title on the line to get her hands on ruby riot and she will be a, end up being a victim and be destroyed just like sarah logan and Liv morgan and then riot responded saying one down two to go and she threatens to knock out naomi next week and charlotte will only get her if she brings her title to fast lane so that is our title match added to the pay-per-view yeah the bludgeon brothers they came out as the new day was finishing their match so they passed them much like they have with the usos on prior episodes and then they they murdered these two unidentified Enhancement performers. We had a double drop kick from Harper and Rowan at the start. They killed them on the floor. Killer bomb, double crucifix bomb, and they won in a minute 29. Short, entertaining squash. Do you feel they will be challenging for these tag titles at WrestleMania? Do you think that the SmackDown tag titles will get their own match at WrestleMania? Yes, I
0: think so. And I think, yes, the Bludgeon Brothers are the only... mm, I guess, fresh matchup for whoever the champions are. Um, I mean, I could see them doing a multi-person tag team match. uh, But otherwise, I can definitely see the Bludgeon Brothers being in the mix, along with the Usos. Uh, It was
1: Pro Wrestling Sheet put out this tweet tonight. Did you see this? No. That the Usos, they have never been on a main card at WrestleMania. They have either been left off the card or on the pre-show. Every really? year since since 2012.
0: What did they do last year?
1: I want to say, well, they were definitely they weren't on.
0: on the show. I guess.
1: I think they were on the show. They were on the pre-show. Huh. Uh, let
0: me pull this yeah, up please. here. It was. It I, was I find very... that, I find that really hard to believe. I mean, like a lot of years, I suppose they were just kind of languishing in like the lower card,
1: mid card, but like I f- I think they were just in. They might not have even been on the card last year.
0: Interesting. As
1: as I'm looking here. Unless they were in the Andre Battle Royal. Hmm. Wow, that's quite the stat. I can't believe that. Yeah, so anyway. They should definitely be in a good position this year. I would say they are my favorite act on SmackDown at the moment. They weren't even on this show. No, they didn't make it here. Okay. This was my all-time favorite selfie promo. Baron Corbin. I'm not even going to recap the promo. All I'm going to do, Way, is read the words that they decided needed to be placed on the screen to see if we get a proper representation of this promo, okay? Okay. Arrogant, cocky, smug, dangerous, heartless, truth, no, new WWE champion. That's I how, think this is how. This is how I'm going to recap all these promos. I'm only going to read the words they decide are of value.
0: That's how you should cut the promo. Just just say the words that you want to emphasize. Um, I I, I at this point I like this was like, <laughs> this was like the third selfie promo we had like in, in in like two segments. It it was really starting to get on my nerves. Um, none of them are good, you know. The most interesting one, really, on this entire show was the Mark Andrews promo. Everything else was like, because he did a moon cell. Everything else was just like very generic, uh, added nothing, um, looked like shit. <laughs> <laughs> they do. Like, they do. Because you know the selfie camera on the iPhone is like a worse
1: camera. I know that there's a, an updated version now that has two lenses. Apparently it's fantastic. Yeah, but nobody's like on
0: the selfie camera that that's only a single lens. To use the the double lenses, you have to use the back camera. And then you wouldn't be able to look at yourself.
1: Oh, that's unfortunate. We got a feature on Shinsuke Nakamura, who thankfully was not on this show. It was just far, as far away as possible. Uh I, no, I think that's wrong, man. I know you're joking,
0: but like I still think he should have presence on the show. You know, especially a show lacking in this much star power. I know he's not going to be in the main event of the next pay-per-view. There's no role for him on the next pay-per-view. But I think you still need to give him squash matches. You know, do for him what you're doing for the Bludgeon Brothers. I still think there's a long ways to go with with, with making Shinsuke Nakamura somebody who I think feels deserving of a WrestleMania main event, quote-unquote.
1: Well, you're, you're going with the assumption that this would be a positive... Uh involvement with him on this show and i'm sorry i don't need to see this guy doing a selfie promo i don't need to see this guy just randomly on this show i think video packages are certainly good but like this was a video package that
0: really showed showed me nothing about his personality it was just a recap of him winning the rumble if people want a great personality piece on shinsuke nakamura i highly recommend you go to new japan world and look up those um njpw like on the road documentary things they have a lot of them that are English subtitled, and there's one on Shinsuke Nakamura that is fantastic. It just kind of goes through an entire day with where we follow him. He talks a lot about his philosophies about training. We get to see him roll in jujitsu class, like just you. If you if they bought that from New Japan World and aired that in pieces, I think this guy would be so much so much more popular. And there's even nothing that special about them. They're just like very typical personality pieces. But he gets to talk like himself. So,
1: I don't know. I hope they figure this out. What if he got giant neon glasses, boarded a helicopter, and went to challenge AJ in a cave that was filled with women, food, and a strap?
0: Well, um... Yeah, Yeah, that could be interesting. Sure.
1: AJ Styles and Baron Corbin was the main event. They quickly went through a break. Corbin missed and ran shoulder first into the post, landing on the floor. Corbin then shoved Styles onto the desk where he rolled backward, landing on his feet and then hopped over the desk, flew back into the ring with a flying forearm. Uh, Quite the sequence here. It was the most impressive thing in this match. Corbin came back with a big slam. Both are down. Styles got hit with the deep six, but then came back, applied the calf crusher, and Corbin slams AJ's head into the mat to break free. And then Corbin is on the, uh, puts AJ on the edge of the apron, and he grabs him by the throat and says, you can't beat me. And AJ says, all right. And he nailed him with the phenomenal forearm, and he did, in fact, beat him. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes. And this man will get an opportunity to beat him for the title in two weeks. Wonderful. I thought a very dull, very
0: boring, very vanilla edition of SmackDown. Uh, Fastlane looks to be very uh, like a real nothing pay-per-view, not even a Clash of the Champions level pay-per-view, a ton of retreads, no storylines to really freshen anything up. It just feels like it's a pay-per-view that that is there because it's on the calendar and they don't want to exhaust anything before they they go to mania where a lot of the actual, you know, interesting matches might happen.
1: Owens and Zayn afterwards, they came and attacked Styles. Lots of booze here. They cleared the desk. But then Corbin rescues AJ by nailing Zayn and Owens with the end of days. And then it's Corbin's music that plays to end the show. And Saxton says that Baron has nothing to lose at Fastlane. Because he is the biggest loser. Yeah. That was SmackDown. Awful show on Tuesday. Mixed match challenge. Please, Please. Wei. R- revive our spirits.
0: Oh, I don't know if this will do it. I'm sorry. Whoa. This is what, week six? It's the final opening round uh, match, I I believe. Is it? Let me think about this. Because next week we have, yes, it is the final opening round match of the Mixed Match Challenge. And this week, as John mentioned, we have the team of Bobby Roode and Charlotte who are calling themselves the Robe Warriors. Clever the name. The Robe Warriors. The Robe wow. Warriors. Taking on Naya and the newly christened Apollo. Do so, you know, have a better name? Sorry to yes, cut please. off. Tell me. Give me one. Bobby. wooed. <laughs> that is. That is great. Okay. Well, we start. <laughs> that was the That's the highlight of this recap. Everybody. <laughs> oh, man. So the selfie. We get a selfie promo. I believe this is a new selfie promo. An excuse. <laughs> this is card. ridiculous. This is utterly ridiculous. No. And I like, didn't even watch this show. <laughs> their their um, their budget can't be this strapped. Okay? Like, you telling me... Whatever. Anyway. So, we get a selfie promo from Charlotte and Bobby. And they say that they're going to win
1: tonight. And they're going to do it with flair. Woo. Was this the one that aired during... That was airing over and over on SmackDown? No, John. This, this was, was a new one? This was a new one. They just all sound the same. Because
0: all of their promos have been just completely generic, lacking in any, any creativity just relying on both of their very worn-out catchphrases. It's either, they either say woo, they either say glorious, or they say a combination of both, and that's
1: it. There's, there's Okay. Sorry, go ahead. The one on SmackDown with Rude and Charlotte, if you watch this, they both go to get in their line at the end, so they talk over each other. Like, it was desperate for a second take, but oh. they just ran with this one. <laughs> These two are, are, are just awful. They look great together, though. The robes, uh, they had
0: matching colors, look good, yes. But the promos have been now awful. Nia and Apollo walk out, and um, the whole dynamic between the team is that Apollo really wants Nia to join Titus Worldwide, but Nia wants no part of it. So they walk out. Nia looks pissed off because Apollo is waving down Titus and Dana, and all, all three of them come out, or all four of them come out, Apollo wants Nia to do the Titus Worldwide Pose. Nia refuses and just walks on. There's a little funny interaction before the match starts where Charlotte says, Dana, good to see you. She was my protege. <laughs> and that was that. So we have the match. Uh, Rude starts off strutting. Charlotte shows him how to really strut. Um, Oh, did she? I think she could learn a thing or two. Yeah, I, I kind of personally. Maybe Jeff Jarrett Rude. can teach Charlotte some moves. Yeah, sure. The figure four. Um, We have Rude and Apollo exchanging advantages. Rude does a big, glorious chant. Gets a good reaction for it. Apollo does his tightest worldwide chant. Gets no reaction in response. Uh, Nothing all that interesting in the match. Crowd wants to see the women come in, so Charlotte and Nia tag in. Dana constantly gets involved by trying to distract to give Nia the advantage, and Nia gets upset because she doesn't want any help. She ends up going to the floor to argue with Dana, and this ends up distracting Nia, allowing Charlotte to capitalize. Rude and Cruz are Rude and Apollo are in again, and by now, the crowd is not really responding to this. They don't really care about this match. Rude goes for his DDT, Apollo counters, hits his running knee for two. Rude delivers a spine buster, but the count is broken up by Nia. Nia and Charlotte are fighting over the top rope. Apollo tries a standing moonsault onto Rude, but it's blocked with Rude's knees. And Charlotte lands her diving moonsault, I assume for the win, because my pirated stream completely cut out for this finish, so I apologize. Aww. That was also That also added to my frustration with this match. Not that I felt like I was missing all that much. My assumption is that... Yes, Charlotte won with something. They won. Who cares? I had a terrible time watching this. Nothing that interesting in the match. It was just... Blah. Like, again, part of, I think, what, what uh, I really enjoyed about some of the stand-up matches of this uh, mixed-match challenge were that it provided an opportunity for, for these talents to be creative in a way that they're not typically able to on Raw or, or SmackDown. And I really felt... None of that here Especially from uh, Charlotte and Bobby Roode Who I consider both very talented But yet they showed very little uh, Creativity in their promos In their matches So Next week it's Sasha Banks and Finn Balor Taking on Miz and Asuka We got more selfie promos from both of them Uh, In the ring Renee is talking to Roode And Charlotte (laughs) Fuck Renee asks if they have any words for their opponents. Oh, God. (laughs) And of course, Charlotte says, yeah, I got a word. Oh, God. Woo. (laughs) (laughs) And then Bobby does uh, one himself, and he woos in a very much lower, maybe deliberately poor uh, frequency, and it gets no reaction. It sucked. Total waste of time. Naya grabs the mic afterwards, says she has something to say to Titus, and Naya first teases flirting with Titus, and then tells Titus to like, and Titus takes his like jacket off, and Naya's like, yeah, take it off, because I have something to say to you. And she goes on to say, Titus, you are not a good coach, she says to Dana, and you're not a statistician. In fact, I've crunched the numbers, and you two are nothing but a couple of zeros. Dana, Ooh. you disrupted my training. Titus, you disrupted my strategy. And then at this point, my point, my uh, feed cuts out again, and it comes back with uh, Dana laid out. So I can only assume that Naya, Shh. shooting star pressed on uh, all of them. Oh, she fainted. <laughs> Could be that, too. It was just, uh, at this point, a very terrible viewing experience, because um, I had to... I have to go through a lot of links to try to watch this shitty match. So I was not looking forward to um, doing this. Anyway, live view- viewership seemed to peak at about 73,000 this week.
1: Oh, wonderful. Well, thanks, Way. Thank you for going through that for all of us to keep up on the Mixed Match Challenge. Let's do some feedback, and then we'll get out of here. Vish from Victoria no shinskate tonight. Any reason? I like the opening segment. Corbin's mic skills continue to impress me. I hate when guys pay zero attention to an opponent when music hits, but in this case, I think it played out well because of Sammy's full run-in. Another six women match, but it was short and watchable. Watchable. Working with four of the best women on either roster, in my opinion, Sarah Logan seems to be getting slightly better and was in most of the match. Unlike Liv, who seems to be limited in the ring to thirty seconds or less. Uh, he goes on here to say. Uh, even though you thought my fast lane prediction last week was wild fantasy booking, I really hope Dolph wins. I continue to hold out hope that there's some payoff to Dolph giving up the U.S. title and Nikki turning on Brie. Do you think this is the year China gets into the Hall of Fame? No deceased entrants yet, and she has been getting many more mentions on WWE programming this year. Same question regarding X Pac. I doubt they will both go in the same year. I don't see China going in this year. They typically have the one female entrant. This year it's Ivory. And I, I think if China was. Someone that they would have put in, I think they would have put it. I think they would have put her in shortly the year after her passing.
0: Yes, I agree.
1: Uh, I mean, I still think there's
0: uh, hope for future years. I, I wonder how much like the porn thing like is still a, a sticking point for them. Uh, and I guess that goes for X Pac as well. But although I could see X Pac making it in before China. Um, we actually have a a rating, John, from from our audience. Oh, that's right, yeah. They rated tonight's SmackDown 4.25. Wow, it it was a failure tonight. Jay from Colorado says, Another week, another completely missable edition of SmackDown. So much so that I'm not even going to comment on it, except for that previous statement. The real main event tonight was 205 Live. I'm loving the two-match format and keeping the cruiserweights off of Raw. It's actually three matches, but I know what you mean. It's absolutely working. The Ali Gallagher match was amazing and both brought their A game. I'm also really happy for Buddy Murphy. He looked great tonight. I'm also loving Drew Gulak's new monster gimmick. They need to take it to the next level and make him more like Braun, but on a smaller (laughs) scale. Imagine the pop if he flipped over a golf cart, raised his arms and said, Drew. Smackdown, 4 out of 10, 205 Live, 8 out of 10.
1: All right, and we'll finish up with Chase from New Orleans. SmackDown has quickly become the worst brand in WWE, and it's not even close. Every segment feels either lifeless or rote. From the never-ending Owens and Zayn story with Shane to the terrible t- top ten storyline between Rude and Ginder to the non-stop multi-women matches with no stakes, and then to top it all off, we're going back to the New Day and Usos only four months after they hyped them having their last match ever together at Hell in a Cell. I would say that SmackDown, as it is now, is easily the worst and most missable WWE television in at least a few years. On a way more positive note, 205 Live was really good yet again. Buddy Murphy looked great in his debut, and having his story be that he cuts down hard to 205, then hydrates back up after the weigh-in to get a weight advantage over everyone else is awesome. It's a natural takeaway from MMA, and it works. I would not be opposed to seeing him take the whole tournament, and maybe even they can eventually do a storyline where he struggles to make weight or even misses weight for a title match. The main event between Ali and Gallagher was really good, although it struggled to get going at first. The story was really well told, and all these bumps and selling were top-notch. He's really one of the most underrated guys in the company. The match between he and Murphy is my most, most anticipated of the second round. I also need to mention I'm very impressed by Vic Joseph on commentary. He's much better now than he was even a few months ago. 8 out of 10 for 205 Live this well, week. It's because the matches are way better. Hey, it helps. It helps when you, when you can call a much stronger product. That's mm. inevitable. Um, that to me was, the, you know, the Tony Schiavone rule. It was like everyone raved about him as a great commentator. And then somehow by 99 and 2000, people weren't hot on Tony Schiavone anymore. It's mm. like, huh, that's weird timing considering the, the product in front of him that he was calling. All right. Uh, that's going to bring an end to this edition of Rewind to SmackDown where our takeaway is if you missed the shows on Tuesday, watch 205 Live and skip everything else. That'd be a fair assessment. I would say so, yes. Unless
0: you really want to see a bunch of selfie promos, then go nuts. Watch everything else.
1: We are going to be back. We will have uh, a new British wrestling experience dropping late Wednesday night, early Thursday morning with Martin, Ollie, and Benno. And then me and Wei will have a Patreon-only show Friday with Rewind Away. We're going to be chatting about Super Brawl 3 featuring the White Castle of Fear strap match between Sting and Vader for the WCW title the return of Ric Flair, the debut of Davey Boy Smith, uh, lots of stuff to chat about on the Super Brawl 3 card. And we will also be joined by our Espresso executive producer who chose this event. And then we are back on Sunday. Way and I will have a free show right after the Elimination Chamber uh, to review that card. And I'm much more interested in Elimination Chamber than I am Fast Lane at the present moment way.
0: Yes, I agree with that. Uh, is there anything else? Oh, we're going to be, uh, again, uh, if, you are, if, if any of you are in the Toronto area and going to the NXT live show in Mississauga, uh, if you happen to see us, come say hi.
1: Yeah, for sure. We're looking forward to that show on Thursday night at the Hershey Center in Mississauga. And in the meantime, you can go get all of your news, all of our latest shows up at postwrestling.com, and you can subscribe at postwrestlingcafe.com, and we'll chat with you later on this week.